0: When I'm with a headset mic on and kind of carte blanche to say what I want for the next half an hour or so, that's maybe not the greatest intro, is it? Um, Hey, I'm quite enjoying the beard, if I'm honest, and I keep trying to tell her the beard is a gift. It is my gift to her, but she isn't really seeing that. Is it not a man's right to have a beard? Is that not, can I, we are not allowed to do that? Absolutely we are. But it's not about the beard. It's not about me this morning. It is about Christmas. It is about God. Welcome this morning. Can I welcome you, particularly if it's your first time. If this is your first time in our church this morning, then we are really made up to see you here this morning. It's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. This is a gift It is a gift. There's a reason why we've got boxes all around the stage. It is because one of the major themes of Christmas is the gifts. The wise men. They came bearing gifts for the baby, Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought to him. But I want to talk this morning not so much about the birth of Christ but about his life, why he came, and what the point of him coming was. You see, Christ, the Bible tells us... Got headset mic problems? Is it? Can we get uh, maybe a, a handheld? He was God. He was God in heaven, and he was reigning in glory and honor and majesty. And he made a decision... A decision to come down to earth and to leave aside all of his glory and all of his magic, all of his wonder, to come down to earth as a humble baby. No humbler thing that he could have done than to do that. It's a strange story in some ways because as a scientist... There's some of that technology that I was talking about. The thing is, these presents you'll have noticed if you look around at them, these presents are empty. Any fans of television in here this morning? Anyone likes to watch television and TV programs and stuff like that? There's a, a series that we, we've watched. We've got five children, me and my wife. So there's a series that's been on called My Family. And so this is about a family, there's a few, few people laughing and nodding. It's a series about a family and the kids are kind of running riot and, 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 and it's all, it is my family, that one, isn't it, with the kids, the three children, that's my, no, what's that one? Not my, outnumbered, outnumbered. And so we like to watch this program and there's a, word. Uh, and at the wedding they bring a gift, they turn up with a gift. Some of you might have seen this episode. And they get there and there's a problem with the gift. The gift isn't right. It isn't good enough. The gift is rubbish. So they're, they're, they're really embarrassed. They're like, everyone else has bought really expensive, fancy gifts. And we've come with something that's pretty much rubbish. It's no good. So what are we going to do? So what they do is, and this was the funny bit in it, they take the tag off someone else who's really pretentious and they swap the tags between their gift and theirs so that they This fantastic gift that the pretentious person has given. You know that that idea? Ever turned up to a party or to a wedding or to an event and you've cut? The right thing to do is to come with a gift, isn't it? To bring a present along when you come. Ever turned and being anxious about what you've bought? Ever turned up and worried about whether it's good enough? Whether what you've brought is going to be right or going to be appropriate? Whether it's going to be good enough or not? I want to share a story with you. If you've got a Bible with you this morning, turn to Matthew 25. This is a story all about a gift. It's a story that Jesus told later on in his life. It's a parable. So it's not an actual thing that happened, but it's a story. But it's a really, really significant story because this isn't just about Jesus' birth and how amazing it was and how wonderful it was that he was born. But this is more about the point of his life and what he came to do, why he really, really came. It starts off by saying this. It says, at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. No, that doesn't mean we're going to get ten virgins as some other religions like to say. It says that the kingdom of heaven is going to be like ten virgins. But if you stop there, you miss the point of what he's saying. Because he's not saying the kingdom of heaven is going to be like ten virgins, as if we should all be pure and perfect without spot or blemish. He goes on to say that the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. You see, the story is all about these virgins, uh, these bridesmaids, if you like, and them going out taking gifts with them. And it was the culture of the day that the bridesmaids would take with them a lamp. That was their gift. They would take a lamp and there would be a a big event and a wedding in in that culture was massive. It was a huge thing. There was uh, things that went on with it. So there was the, the engagement and then there was the betrothal. The betrothal would go on for a period of time. And then finally at the end there would be the wedding. And the bridesmaids would be invited to the wedding. So these bridesmaids, one of the things the bridesmaids did in that culture, don't forget this is 2,000 years ago, so they weren't turning up with fancy presents like iPhones or iPads or anything like that. They actually turned up to to celebrate the wedding. And one of the ways they did it was with lamps. They brought lamps, a, a kind of light thing that would celebrate the event and what was happening. So you've got these bridesmaids and they all are asked to go to the wedding as we would understand it. And this is a metaphor. It's talking about what it is, the kingdom of heaven. It's talking about what it means to be a Christian. What Christianity really is all about. And the metaphor for Christianity and what it is about that Jesus uses here is a wedding. A meeting. A union, a joining together. And the story goes on to say this. It says that five of them were foolish and five were wise. Half of them were, were sensible and half of them weren't. Half of them knew what to do and what the right thing to do was and half of them didn't. It says that the foolish ones took their lamps but they didn't take any oil with their lamps. They took the lamps, but they didn't take any oil. A bit like these presents. They brought a gift for the wedding, but it was empty. There was nothing in it. It looked nice. It looked great. It was a fancy looking lamp, I'm sure, but there was no oil in it. The lamp was empty. The gift was empty, just like these presents. The story goes on to say that the wise ones, however, they took oil in their jars along with their lamps. In verse 5, it says that the bridegroom was a long time in coming. Now, if you're like me, bride, bridegroom, I'm a a guy, so the bridegroom is the guy, isn't it? And the bride is 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 the woman in the beautiful dress and so on. And in this story, the bridegroom the guy was a long time in coming. You see, in our culture, it's the wife that's a long time in coming, isn't it? Anyone stood there waiting for your wife to come along at the altar? Yeah, I couldn't wait to turn around. And it's tradition, isn't it, that the bride makes the guy wait? There's something about that, isn't there? But, the guy, but in this story, it's not. It's the bridegroom. Who makes everyone wait. It says he, took, he was a long time in coming. And it goes on to say that they all became drowsy and fell asleep. This was a long, long wait. To so get to the point where you become drowsy and fall asleep. One of the things they're getting across here. One of the things that God is telling us here is that there was a wait. And it was a long wait. And it seemed like it wasn't going to come. It seemed like it wasn't going to happen. But the point of the story isn't that they fell asleep. Because the thing is, you'll notice in the story, it talks very specifically about wise bridesmaids, wise virgins, and foolish bridesmaids, foolish virgins. But it says that they all fell asleep, every single one of them. So it wasn't about the falling asleep. That wasn't the point here. It says that, The bridegroom was a long time in coming, it says, but at midnight, the cry rang out, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. It goes on to say that all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps, they were ready. They were there, ready with their gifts, except we know that half of them, their gifts were empty just like the TV program, suddenly they realized there was no oil. The gift was useless. They were stood there with a useless gift before the, the whole event was about the gift. The whole event was about meeting with the bridegroom and bringing a gift to him. That was their role. Their role was to bring something to him, to celebrate him, to celebrate the union. But because it went on, Because it took time, because it wasn't instant. When it finally came, the gift was useless. It was empty. It was like an empty box. It says that the foolish ones then said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Let me. Can I swap tags with you? Can I have your present? Can maybe Have you got a lot of those? Could I maybe have some of yours so that I can give it? Can we share our gift? Can I write my name on your tag as if it was from me as well? No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Sorry, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil, and buy some for yourselves. Now, if you're like me, when I first read this, you kind of, you read in the Bible and you, in your mind, anyone got this whole idea of Christianity as it's just all about giving and all about niceness, first, and kindness and, and just that? So my first reading of this was a bit like, well, that was a bit cruel, wasn't it? You'd have thought they could have gone, hey, hold on. The moral surely of the story would have been uh, the five wise ones said, oh no, it's okay. Yeah, we'll share our oil with you and and we'll all have the same oil and that will be okay because that sounds like the Christian thing to do, doesn't it? But it's not. It's not. Not that it's not good to share and not that it's not good to give, but there's a different moral in this story. They said to them that you need to go out To those who sell and buy some for yourselves. There was wisdom in that. They needed to go out and they needed their own oil. They needed their own oil to give. They needed their own gift. They couldn't give someone else's. They had to have their own present to bring to the bridegroom. It wasn't enough to bring someone else's or to share in someone else's. The story says that while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. You know, on this day of hope, on this season of hope, that is one of the most hopeless verses in the Bible. The door was shut. The door was closed. And it might seem like a strange thing to share on a a Christmas service. To talk about a door being closed. To talk about an end to hope. And hope being over. But the thing is, hope is for today. Hope is for today. There is hope. While it is still called today, there is hope. But there is no promise of hope tomorrow. There is no promise of hope tomorrow. You can't use someone else's hope. You can't take someone else's oil and use theirs as a gift. It doesn't work. It's not good enough. The door was shut. You see, it was good advice for them, for these bridesmaids, to say to them, go and get your own oil. You have to have your own oil. But it wasn't their fault that it was too late. It was too late for the five. The time had come, and there was no more time for them to go out and buy oil, for them to go out and get oil. Can you imagine? At the end of your life, at that point, stood before God, stood before him. There's people around, and they've all got amazing gifts. And you're stood there with an empty box, empty, there's nothing in it, you know there's nothing in it, and God knows there's nothing in it, it's an empty box, it's hollow, there's nothing there, and at that point, it's too late to to go to the person next to you and say, hey, can I share yours, ever been in an exam, ever got to an exam, and you finally get there, and And it's time to sit down and you suddenly realize, you know what, I've not done any revision. I don't know anything about this exam. Ever wanted to copy off the person next to you? Ever thought, oh, if only I could just copy off them? But the thing about that is, if it's an English exam and you copy the person next to you and you just present their piece of work, it's not just useless for you. It's useless for the person next to you as well, isn't it? Because both pieces of work are tainted. Suddenly, both gifts are useless and are empty and are no good. And these bridesmaids weren't being cruel. They weren't being horrible when they said, We can't share our gift with you. This is our gift. We can't give it away. It's ours. They weren't being cruel. They weren't being harsh. It was just the reality of the situation, it was the lateness. Of the hour. Goes on to say in verse 11. Later, the others also came, saying, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day. Or the hour, You know, I want to share this story this morning and I know that we share uplifting stories in our church every week, week after week, stories of hope, stories of future, stories of how you can do great things with your life and how God will help you and, and amazing stuff that God will do. I've been a Christian for 20 years and God has blessed my life beyond measure. My life is amazing because of God. And it's not that, when I say my life is amazing, I don't mean I live a charmed life like there's never any problems. It's not that I don't have issues that are facing life. But it is simply this, that when mountains fall, when disaster strikes, when the worst things happen, I know I have God. I know I have God. I know I know that on that day when I'm stood before him, I'm not going to be stood there with an empty box. Now, you might say to me, but hey, Barry, isn't it about, haven't I heard you say in the past, it's not about works? Doesn't the Bible say it's not about works? Yeah, absolutely, the Bible says it's not about works. And if you said that to me, you'd be right, because the oil isn't about works. The oil isn't works. The oil isn't about all the things that they've done. Yes, works are important. Listen, I, as a Christian, I go out and I try and do good works with my life. It's important to me to, have a, to live a life, to have a life that is pleasing to God. That is huge. That is massive to me. But I don't do it to get into heaven. I don't do it because when I'm stood there, that's gonna be the gift that I'm gonna be stood there in front of God with. Oh God, look at all these great works that I've done as if that will get me into heaven. You see, the thing is, the works are like an empty box. When it comes to getting into heaven, the works are useless. The works will do nothing. The oil isn't works. The oil that these bridesmaids had It wasn't so much what they'd done with their life. It was their faithfulness. It was their faithfulness. This is a story about waiting. This is a story about waiting for God. Waiting for that moment when we finally see him face to face. This is a moment about what Jesus came for. Not to be a baby. He came to die. He came to give his life for me and for you, that we may no longer die, that we may have hope. But the message of his life, one of the fundamental messages that this story is telling us is about faithfulness. The oil is faithfulness. The oil is faithfulness. Faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to Him. Faithfulness to the church. Faithfulness to who He is. How much oil is in your life? How much oil is there? Are you going to be at the end of your life? Oil seemingly worrying? i got enough oil to see me through to the end. Are you going to be worrying that when you stood before God... Your lamp's empty, hollow, and there's nothing in it. See, I believe the greatest gift that I could give you this morning, the greatest, greatest gift, is salvation and a life lived for God. A faithful, honourable life of true religion true religion, not a fancy looking facade that looks great, but a life that is right on the inside, that is see-through, that is transparent, that you know and God knows has been lived right. And you may say to me, well, Barry, what's the hope for me? Because my life's a mess and I've, I've not lived that life. I don't have any oil in my lamp. And I would say to you now, there is still time, there is still hope. While it is called today, there is hope. Christ came to die for us, that we may not die, but that we may live. This is a story and a message of hope, it's a message of love, it's a message of marriage. You see, the Christian life is an engagement If you're a Christian in this place this morning, then I would use the metaphor that you're engaged. Engaged to be married. And the marriage ceremony is at the end. The marriage ceremony is at the end when you finally see him face to face. And then at that point, the meeting is complete. And we are truly one with him. And suddenly we are like him. We're united with him. And we're finally wed. And at that event, there'll be many others there, all bringing our gifts, filled with faithfulness, filled with oil. And the thing is, if that was the only parable that Jesus told, then it might be too late for some. But he also told another parable about a a farmer who had a, a field and hired some workers maybe Adam you'd get up and bring the band up as a close with this and he went out at the beginning of the day to hire some workers for his field and the workers came and he hired whoever was there and then later on in the day he realized that he needed some more workers he wanted more and more people so he went back again and he asked for more people and those that were there answered the call and he came And then he went on a bit later on in the day to see if there was anyone else. And and more came and joined and worked. Until last hour, with just an hour to go, he went out again, finally asking for more workers. He said, come, will you come and work for me? And there were those that even came in at the very last, in the very last hour. And came and worked. You know what the best thing about the story is? The best thing about this story is this, that God says that at the end, at the end of this, this work period, when it came to handing out the wages, the master handed the same to everyone. Everyone, no matter how long they'd worked, they all got the same. who would worked from the very beginning. Some of them complained and said, hey, hold on, how's this fair? We've worked from right very first in the morning. Until now, how come we're getting the same as those who've only done an hour? And the master simply said this, it's my money, my gift, it's for me to give as I see fit. So my message to you this morning is faithfulness. The, 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 The message of Christmas is about faithfulness. It's not just about coming to a meeting every Christmas and and coming and and worshipping God for Christmas Day. That's not to criticise anyone who does that. Listen, I, I think it's amazing that anyone's come this morning to hear the message, to come and to spend time with God. But don't misunderstand what the message is. The message is about faithfulness. The oil of your life. The gift of your life at the end is the faithfulness that you've had to God. And when you finally stood there at the end, it's your faithful night, life that will be the gift. And the good news is, the best news of it all for some of us is this it doesn't matter how long you've been faithful for. It doesn't matter whether you've been faithful right from a child, like these children we saw at the beginning, or whether you came in at the last. And you were literally at the very end. It's just about making it in. Before that door shuts. Making it in. Making it in. Being a Christian. Should we stand for a moment? I know this might not have been the message you were expecting this morning. But you know, we're not messing around here. I I don't want to just... Speak a, a, a message that's going to make you feel good, and you'll go away really happy. And wow, wasn't that? A- I want to speak truth. I want to speak an honest, genuine message that, in my heart, I believe God would want me to share this morning. Truth. Truth. And that's the truth this morning. Christ died for sinners, that we may not die, but that we may live. That He loves us. The word says that he gave his life for his great love for us. His great love for us. That he wants us to be married to him. This life now is a, is a betrothal. It's an engagement. When you become a Christian, you, you engage to him. Engage to be married. Engage the end of our life. At that point, the ceremony is complete. And we celebrate and live together for all eternity. This life is not it. There's another one to come. And the one to come is for all eternity. Would you mind if I prayed? Would you mind if I just prayed for a moment?